No. We're live, you guys. We're live. What a All day. All right. Welcome, everybody, to System.Debug Level 64, where we are talking about authentication. You have Megan, RJ, and Nathan here. Hi, everybody. How's it going? And it's going. It's definitely yeah. going. Sorry, I always have to unmute because I'm always like coughing or doing something stupid. Um, but yeah, it's it's going all right. It's moving. What about you, nice. Nate? It, it's got to be going great. I just realized um, it's it's N8 squared, so it's N64, which is <laughs> also amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, right. I finally got over my like five day holiday flu, so under the belt, antibodies accrued, and uh, time to plow on. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, today we are going to be digging into all that fun stuff. As I know you are studying for your authentication exam, I'm working on my authentication exam stuff, and RJ is studying for a bunch of authentication and exam stuff too. So, plus, got a bunch of cool authentication and security stuff going on on projects right now and it just keeps coming up in the community and on Ohana Slack so I figured why not start talking about it since we're all studying for it and people keep asking questions seems to be a popular topic so how is your study oh well did you want to bump us in I know you're in the library but do you want a fake bump or put in a spacer for a bump um it this is actually a um it is a library but it's the san jose public library works career and business section so it's like talking mm, about like three thousand square oh, wow. feet of co-working space it's it's like it's the size of a we work floor essentially um yeah and you can bring food in here you can bring beverages in here um you can talk. Usually there's no one here. I think there's somebody over the corner there, but um, no, it's good. And just on the other side of this is the computer section of books, which uh, I've gotten my spread of today. All the non-Salesforce nice. goodness that will put me to bed. Um, but no, uh, well, yeah, just um, no guitar, no DJ, but um, wiki wiki go. Level 64, system.tbook. So speaking of books, actually, there are some really good Salesforce books that have come out lately. There's the Salesforce DevOps book, and there is the Advanced Admin Salesforce book that came out. And both are pretty cool. I don't know if you, either of you have checked those out, um, but the DevOps one's pretty sweet. DevOps then, book sounds tasty. Yeah, so it is focused around um, Salesforce CX and DevOps in general with Salesforce and what is going on there. Um, I know I've been recommending it to my team, but it came out a couple of months ago and it's pretty sweet. Um, and that one is by, oh, I know it was out on Amazon, hold on. Let's see here, you got me Googling. Um, You're talking about the one by Gene Kim? For Salesforce. Oh, DevOps for Salesforce. I got you. Oh, there's another one? Yeah, there's a DevOps. Yeah. It's called the DevOps Handbook by Gene Kim, um, who also wrote like the Phoenix Project and then more recently the Unicorn Project. 
we've been talking i don't know why that came up at work but we've <laughs> we started a book club apparently i really don't know Ooh, but yeah there's, um, there's a lot of devops. devops this was one of the uh the packed publishing books that came out oh nice um, i love that yeah uh, pack publishing, Salesforce devops. and then it was Enrico that did the Salesforce um, advanced admin book, um, DevOps for Salesforce by Pact. We'll make sure to link to this one in the uh, the show notes. Um, but yeah, about continuous integration um, and just all the different stuff that's out there for you. Plus, like I said, DX, um, and that's by Priyanka Dive. Um, and I think there's another one too that was out there. Let me find out what that one was. Um, so does this does this involve like all the Heroku stuff? Because I know Salesforce a long time ago at this point now uh, has kind of put Heroku into their stuff. They like either merged with or bought Heroku. I don't remember the exact deal or acquired them in, in some form or fashion. But do all the DevOps stuff kind of go around that ecosystem now? The Heroku ecosystem or I guess I'm just I'm just kind of guessing here. Like, where the where sure the Salesforce DevOps stuff go around? A continuous integration tool like Jenkins or oh, it's been so long. What's the uh, what's like the GitHub continuous integration? There's, there's GitHub uh, GitHub so actions. There's, there's uh, Jenkins. Bamboo there's Circle CI. Bamboo. Um, Travis, that's what I was thinking of. Travis, Travis, Travis yeah, yeah. 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 I'm not sure they have a Heroku-based one of those. That's like you know. Well, I didn't mean like specifically for her. I, I meant like you launch kind of like a CI/CD instance in Heroku because Heroku just is, is there to be. It's just a platform for you to launch things on. So I was assuming I didn't know if there was a specific CI/CD that is integrated with Salesforce or a specific like pipeline sort of system at all. Any kind of anything in that realm, I guess is what I'm asking. Um, or was there some kind of like, hey, you just launched this image on Heroku, you just put this little thing up and it does all the CI CD for you. Like you just run yourself through there. Or, I guess hey, my real question is, how does this, are, <laughs> how does most DevOps people work? Are, most people Salesforce. are building something on Salesforce DX, something custom or using a third party, um, oh, like Deerset. Okay. I know that within the last know. six months to year, uh, I thought it was relatively recent. They made a Docker container for Salesforce. Might have been. Oh, that's interesting. Who's using it? Uh, anybody that wants to use a Docker container for CI CD with Salesforce? I guess for like, yeah, for like testing with Salesforce or something, I guess. To test, right. to test against a, a very small, uh, non existent, not, not like a real org, but to test against. Some sort of smaller org. That's what I'm wondering. Well, I, you can I, use I have that no idea. to spin up, like essentially use that to do your scripting of of SFDX. Uh, you know, spin up Scratch or do all your scripts and and tests. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So I guess the real thing is, Megan. What I was, what I was kind of getting at is like I don't I don't know anything about the DevOps that goes into um, a Salesforce org or communities or like any of that stuff. So I was wondering, like, I guess I was just shooting so I think in the dark. Is still trying to figure that one out. I think it's still new oh, okay. territory. Yeah. Um, okay. I know a That's lot of the, uh, at Dreamforce, there's a lot of talk about bringing admins into DevOps, uh, which was an interesting conversation. Uh, 
interesting concept where what is everybody's actual role and where do roles start and begin? So um, providing UI tools for Salesforce DX being a part of that, right? Bringing the admin. Yeah. And, so there are some pretty cool tools out there for UI tools to bring, you know, the ability to deploy into a, a repo and to deploy into other orgs while still getting down into the idea of being able to do merge conflicts and stuff that are out there. Um, I like your set for that personally. I think it's pretty cool. And being able to look at that finer level. Um, I was actually just talking with one of the consultants today and showing them how to deploy to their repo. Uh, and just setting up time to do that, show them how to commit with just using declarative tools and so that he can be part of that whole process. But at the same time, we're, the question isn't, you know, how, how do you do it? Because there's so, so many options out there for everybody to be part of every project and every process. It's what should everybody should be doing and where do responsibilities start and end? Um, you know, once people start getting too many things on their plate, you're getting pulled in too many directions. And nobody can really do the best at what they do at that point in time, I think. You know, should admins be doing repo management or is that really something for DevOps to be doing? That's a fair question. I'm kind of I'm kind of still confused about how like the, the splits happen between different roles inside of or I guess on the Salesforce platform, like where do, where do admins kind of stop and like where do developers begin and then like where do the developers stop and architects begin or like even even in kind of like a circle there like where does everybody begin and end and how much overlap is there because I know there's going to be some right yeah so then add another another set of people into this mix which is DevOps and you're like okay now we got this this four four types of people kind of in this in this loop and where do they start and where do they end I think that's I think that's a fair question though so as far as like your team is concerned, Megan and or Nate, um, either either of you two, do you all have DevOps kind of running now as as a parallel work stream to your normal like admin, dev, and architecture, or is somebody from the admin slash dev slash architecture team taking on more of a DevOps role, or how is that like working? I am currently in all of the lack of DevOps pain, so definitely no. Um, yeah, I mean we're we're very lean, very lean uh, team company, um, and uh, I mean to, to to our benefit, our team has taken on two uh, projects in the last uh, I'd say three months now, two three months. And prior to like the handover of a previous lead to my current one, um, weren't using version control. So the improvement is is remarkable. But um, as as far as DevOps, I mean, not only is that not established, um, if it's there, we're lucky. Um, but I, I would say as far as where does admin end and dev begin, I was in a position where I was doing um, development for a project and you know there were uh two there were two pages on an external facing site non-authenticated um with various you know aura components and uh they all had new custom fields etc 
um, was taking an old process with a bunch of email templates and there was so much development to be done. I, I assumed, oh, surely the, the clicker person is gonna be keeping track of what new fields are created and, and uh, giving permissions to those, right? In a permission set or profile or however you give access to fields. And I would say it's always better to err on the side of doing more than your job than to do the, like, it's not my job thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of my side of that. <laughs> you know, I, I totally agree with you. I'd rather err with caution. Um, you know, the I think it gets a little more complicated, especially as, you know, the more people you get and the more pressure that gets added on. Um, and you know, the more more crossroads roles you get, and especially as the more, like I said, the more pressure. Um and as you get different pieces and people are new at things, and especially if you're new to something uh, or you're feeling that that tight timeline, uh, you know, making sure things get committed to source control somehow starts to go down and just making sure stuff gets done goes up and somehow you miss those more important critical things. So I definitely get that stress for DevOps and making sure it gets it done. Now the question is who's supposed to be doing it um, so that you can make sure that it actually gets done. Um, and, and where is the source control? Is it your source control? Is it the client's source control? Um, do you commit at a day? Do you commit when something's finished? Um, how frequently is it? And what about it for all those people that, you know, don't know how to commit um, or only need to know how to use declarative tools? What if you don't have declarative tools? Do you have to buddy up? Um, I know we've done that on some projects and it can get can get tedious and then having that dependency and having to have that responsibility that's that's hard because what if you miss other people's stuff admins aren't the only people that don't know how to commit i'm not saying admins <laughs> that's there's why i'm saying people. people yeah oh goodness it's all over the place it is yeah. so all over the place and it's not just salesforce it's yeah it's all over it's everywhere yeah <laughs> it's like a virus it's yeah. kind of crazy I was just pointing out that my my uh, frequency to do so goes down the more stuff that I do. So, which is kind of the opposite of how it should be. The more stuff I have, the more frequently I should be doing it. Yeah, but, I mean, as soon as some like as soon as you start writing code, uh, as soon as things work again, you should commit, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. But. I know today we were going to talk about authentication. Um, we ended up talking a little bit more about the, the DevOps management. So getting, getting ready right. for some of the authentication exam. How's it been going oh, for you, Nate? Um, let's see, I'm looking at my, like the trail I'm on right now, the secure identity and access management, did the identity basics, um, looking into, uh, what is it? Identity, mobile first. Um, you know, being able to set up set up self registration so that uh, let's say, for instance, a customer can come in and register with just their phone number or email address or one of these things that is, um, you know, essentially it's it's going to be two factor authentication baked in, uh, but that they don't even need a password. Um, in order to do some things like text, you're going to need. Um, some sort of pay-to-play plug-in with it that relies so, on Twilio. But. So uh, you you do have that that device activation though, and you do have that so that 
the login uh, identity with communities. That's pretty cool where you can either have email or you can have text and you get so many text credits as a whole um, depending on your edition, which is pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that we're looking at that right now um, for, for a few things that I'm looking at for some of my stuff and it's pretty sweet stuff. And then played around with it. It's a lot of fun um, just to play with. Um, I actually logged in with one of my users using it just the other day in my dialogue and it was a lot of fun. So, and then I just actually set up my, my self-registration using the regular community builder page and a field set, great way to add a bunch of fields, but don't ever add your email or your first and last name because you're gonna have those duplicated to your field set. So just be careful there. Mm -hmm. um, fun tips from the community stuff that I've done before. Uh, one, of, one of the things I'm uh, playing around with right now are login flows. It's just trying to get some more of a um, in-depth way to do login authentication. Maybe looking uh, looking at the ability to do uh, questions when they log in and have additional verification um, without having to use just the device activation, having to have it every single time mm -hmm. and looking at a random number generator there and stuff. And it's, it's pretty fun. Um, right. They're really easy to set up and they're nice way to, to go about it without having to, you know, design a bunch of custom stuff that's already been set up for you. I remember the only time I've used a login flow so far has been for a, uh, like a, a professional services organization where when somebody new came on, we wanted people to set their profile up essentially of what their role was and what their skill sets were, because it was this huge like N tier skill set has certain skills and skills. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah. Login flows. Um, there's so much you can do with it. It's uh, sweet. It's nice. I've used them in the, the past for communities to accept terms of service and then mm -hmm. internally for just maintenance window. Um, nice. I actually looking at them for some real, you know, additional verification information. Uh, and I've seen on, you know, demos connected with like the marketing cloud stuff and journey builder and, you know, set up your profile, do all this kind of stuff, but I've never actually done it. Um, so I guess this is kind of just looking at some of those additional pieces, but in a different direction. Mm -hmm. um, one other thing that I, I've been looking at a lot lately uh, is uh, external identity and getting to play around with that. And that's actually kind of fun. Um, in Identity Connect. Now, the, the part that I'm hoping to play around with some more is SSO um, mm -hmm. and playing around with, you know, actually doing more configuration with that. It's actually been a while. Um, mm -hmm. I've done some assisting with that and I've done some, some helping with configurations, but I haven't actually gotten to set one up from scratch lately. So hopefully I'm going to do that before the exam. What kind of catches or gotchas have you run into there? Real quick, did anyone see Mark's question? No. no. He said, he said are, you, uh, are you applying a permission set temporarily if they su uh, successfully pass the login? So I think he was talking to either yours or Nate's login flow. So uh, um, if you are talking to uh, me, Mark, for mine, uh, I'm actually for the login flow of checking out. Um, I'm assigning a, a 
they passed or they accepted the terms of service on this date for my terms of service one. Um, as for setting the, the password information, they're going to have to do that every time for the one I'm looking at. So it's something that they'd have to do over and over. And then Nate, what about your experience? Uh, Hold on, I'll read the question again. <laughs> I think my login flow was based on um, um, essentially if something on the user, I think it was like a custom field on the user uh, was null. Right, so yeah. initial skill set. I mean, it might have even been a Boolean, right? Has set things through initial login, um, which we might have batch set um, before we rolled out that login flow. Um, or it may have been a multi pick list on user. Something really awesome like that. <gasps> you let it. You let it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no multi select pick list. You wouldn't do that. Oh, uh, we deal with semicolons enough anyway. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, speak. Okay, so totally random. But speaking of flows, one thing that I saw that was super, super cool, totally off the subject of authentication, anyways. Um, so they have this uh, flow action that is actually manual sharing, but it's available on the lightningflow.net site. And it's a flow and a component and it's pretty sweet and it's all set up for you. And I played around with it the other day and it just made my day to not have to do it myself. Um, pretty sweet component, highly recommend checking it out if you have to look at building out a sharing component yourself. So people that are declarative, sharing is available for you from the lightningflow.net site. Check it out, save yourself some time and don't try to build that alone, it's a pain. Um, so yeah. I wonder now with with um, Apex defined custom types being accessible in things like flows, if you could make callouts in a login flow and use them in a login flow, possibly like the response. Hmm. Probably to Whoa. use like another to use like an API for. Uh, authentication or like some other like authentication federation sort of situation. Mm -hmm. And I said a lot of Asians in there. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So I was gonna I was gonna ask, um, as far as that two factor auth stuff that you all have been using, is there anything yeah. besides uh, email or phone right now? Or are there any plans for that? Because I know that's that that's been a kind of a a rough There's... spot recently with people doing a lot of sim swapping going on and it just being easier and easier every single day to sim swap people and be able to hack their accounts via it's a Salesforce a authenticator of, app. Yeah. Okay. So you app. can, there yeah. is another app. I got you. Are they, yeah. do you know if they're planning on integrating with any of the normal, like, um, uh, what's the Google authenticator or like, shoot, I have so many on my phone, Authy or any of those cute systems or apps, I guess. I don't know. Do you know if you can work with any of those, Nate? Uh, office hardware stuff like I, don't, I don't know if there's Just anything <laughs> available more declaratively rather than you know rolling like rolling your own in Apex. Uh, I haven't seen. I mean, I I I rolled something up with um, Heroku and Salesforce, but it was using Authy um, and Auth Zero on the Heroku side. Um, I gotcha. I don't so know. Sure. 
Technically yeah. you could. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's totally available. Um, I'm just not sure if it integrates in a nice way um, declaratively, right? Like out of the box yeah. that you could configure easily without a ton of code or a moderate okay. amount of code. So everything, everything outside of the either the the phone, the email, or the actual Salesforce uh, authenticator, anything outside of that is is kind of a custom built solution. Is kind of so. One of the one of the downsides of using the Salesforce Authenticator app is uh, if that Authenticator app is assigned, you can't use login as as the admin. So for that user. Oh, yeah. shoot. I remember how much I used yep. to use that. Yeah. Dang, that stinks. So just something to think about. Oh, boy. Even from within yep. the app? Like, if you have the Salesforce Authenticator turned on, it's their form of authentication. You can't use login as. Yeah. So if I'm if if I'm in Megan's org and I have the two-factor auth for the Salesforce Authenticator, and she's like, "Oh, I want to log in as RJ just to see like see if he sees the same thing," you know, and she's I'm got you know turn it off for him. I'm gonna turn it power. Off. I'd have to yeah, we'd have to turn it off, and then she could do login as me, and then I'd have to turn it back on again, which is kind of a pain in the butt, but I. I definitely, yeah. I see the ups and the downs there. I forgot how much we use that uh, when I was oh, yeah. working on, on the platform, like all the time. That was such a, that was such a helpful tool. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's always nice to use a permission set if that's what you're using versus assigning it to the profile, assigning it to everyone. Yeah. Or like, I guess worst case scenario, you can make a whole other user that has similar like settings and things to, to me. like effectively no. copy my user and then <laughs> log right. in as that user but that's or just kind of a goofy workaround yeah exactly kind of it. yeah <laughs> not not use a hacky way that's right. the best way to do it so although we didn't get very far in authentication this is a pretty good talk i know we're at the top of the hour um, i so too. i liked all of it oh it's good i liked it, it. Good, good conversation we thank continue. you so much for joining us mark um it's yeah, great having you Mark. in the chat thanks for hanging out with us Mark. Oh, we can't send links in chat all right well yeah we'll add yeah um, yeah we'll add them in the, the recorded uh nice. session all right well thank you guys so much for joining us any other closing words you guys not here be authentic make sure to authenticate <laughs> No. <laughs> that authentication talk. Dad jokes. Dad jokes. Man, I'm glad someone's here to pick up uh, the slack that BJ has has left. Right. The the void, the dad joke void that he has left. Uh, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, there is NA8. What's your Twitter? S Force be with you. All spelled out. At except the S. It's just the letter S. And RJ? <laughs> At the infamous RJ. Oh, boy. And I'm, I'm the Megan SF. Um, and don't forget to follow us and subscribe. And thanks yeah. for joining us. Have a good we'll one, you guys. See you next year, people. See you next year. Happy New Year. Cheers. <laughs>